This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. But a bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. What do, what do you, you don't call them Southern Bells. What do you call the women out there in the Midwest? Not that Sharon wants me to be noticed by anyone but herself, of course. But it's good to have a fresh shirt. I've noticed, you know, just doing my uh, my uh, commercials I do for the Widget Auto Sales over the last two plus years. It's uh, I'm always wearing the same. It's not the same shirt. I'm not Albert Einstein. I'm not Jeff Goldblum's character from uh, the original Fly. Not the original, mind you, but the uh, the real good one by David Cronenberg in the 80s. Nonetheless. They say uh, geniuses wear the same clothes every day, the same color. Different clothes, mind you. They might they have like six, seven sets of them. So you don't stink by Sunday. But you don't have to worry about it. It's like, oh, it's, I just wear gray and, you know, my sneakers. And I, I got the David Letterman look, circa 1985. Nothing wrong with that, right? Well, I've been going along with this kind of checkered sh- short sleeve shirt look for the last two years. I don't know when the last time I actually went shopping. When my mom passed about a year ago, so I went, I, I got some, you know, some shirts for that, and I just don't do it anymore. I mean, every, usually this time of year we uh, we get geared up for for uh, for school, right? You know, right up until, geez, my mom would buy me clothes right up right up through college for crying out loud. She was God. I was such a such a uh, a, a jaded son. <laughs> no, uh, I just remembered in September it was always a fresh new pair of sneakers, socks. You know, you got a little taller. Said goodbye to the old clothes. Then you get to a point where, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I just don't think I need to new, buy new clothes. And yet today, for instance, I, I got, like, not the boxer briefs. The boxer briefs, right? They're not boxer shorts. I don't want to look like someone, like, in uh, Biloxi Blues or something. I, like the, I don't like the tidy whities but I like the, the, the ones that look like boxer shorts, but they're not. But i got to come to terms with myself. i got to go out and buy new ones. Because putting them on, it's 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 like it, it's it's like putting on. I don't know what it's like putting on. It's 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 like putting on those uh, what what the girls put on from from uh, <laughs> from Walmart. I'm just not thinking about them right now. The tidies. It just took me forever to put my underwear on today. I said I don't think I'm uh, 38 waist anymore. I think I am to tell you the truth. 
but uh, after a while, they just get old, and uh, you know they're, they're just not like they're just not right. So today, I'm wearing my new shirt I got two weeks ago. First time I actually wore it to work, a little bit casual on a Friday, right? And uh, people complimented it, so it's like, wow, geez, up until this time, I must really look like a bum. So I'm walking away from old shirts and going to new shirts. And on that, nice transition, by the way, to what we're doing here a couple blocks from here on Tuesday. We're packing the trolley. Originally, we're going to call it Pack Laura's Trolley, but that didn't go over too well. So we're packing the trial, a trolley. rather. That's Laura D. Whitney's tro- a trolley right prominently displayed in front of her State Farm office on Coffee Street. I'm turning into the Massey Auto. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking in two different wor- uh, voices right now. But it's going to be Tuesday from ten till three, and uh, you know the drill. It's, uh, it's similar to packing the bus. We had to change things around. It's kind of like you can't say Super Bowl. So it's pack the trolley, and uh, Laura D. Whitney has done this before. Uh, this is the first time that we've actually uh, uh, grouped together to do this. And it just makes sense because Coffee and Street is such a busy street. She's already getting donations. And they had a very successful bike run from the Hades, uh, Hades Hounds Motorcycle Group. They generated even more money than last year. And I also want to uh, do a shout-out to Jerry Manor, who uh, is uh, uh, the regional marketing manager for Seacom. Their office is right on Coffee and Street. They're planning on uh, building a new one. In fact, they're building it right now, uh, uh, right near where the new uh, facility is going to be, where Joel Bartlett was talking about earlier this week on Route 3 past the mall and, and all the other stores. So that's a new Seacom. But he uh, and his uh, friends at the, the local Seacom, the office on, uh, right there uh, near uh, the tracks or Paul Simmons' place, Amco, uh, they donated stuff already. So our big event is is now, mind you. You can feel free to drop off anything you can for the kids. Doing it for the kids, name the movie. And then on Tuesday, we're going to have the big wig. We're going to be broadcasting live throughout the entire event from 10 till 3. So whatever you can contribute, greatly appreciate it. All right, so uh, we kind of walked away from some some uh, some items. After this show, by the way, I'm heading down to Pulaski, picking up the old lady. Yes, I said old lady. And I don't mean that because I'm just saying it because I live in the North Country now for 30-plus years, so I really should become a North Country person. No, I'm not riding a Harley-Davidson, and yet I don't have my wallet attached to a chain at the moment. But nonetheless, I have to adapt, finally. She's not my wife. She's not my, you know, my, my significant other. She is my old lady, and I love her to tears. And, of course, I'm going to pick her up, and she and her old man, myself, are going to head down and watch the premiere uh, to Brain Hunter, New Breed. I forgot that part of the title when I was actually interviewing Michelle and Rob yesterday, Restro, uh, the producers and directors of this fabulous movie with, by the way, myself, and uh, the guy who played Gigi. Uh, his name is John Fiore. He, uh, if, you, if you're a Sopranos fan, he was in the first two, three seasons until he died on the toilet bowl. Way too much uh, stress in that uh, life as a gangster. Uh, but John Fiore's in it. John Fiore, by the way, actually in uh, this year's Best Picture, and I guarantee you if I said it, you wouldn't know it because, you know, as far as, you know, Best Pictures are concerned, for that matter, stuff coming out of Hollywood, uh, it's not one of those things where you remember. You remembered when, say, uh, uh, Ordinary People won in 1980. Or you remembered it when, uh, 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 name a movie, uh, The Last Emperor, back in the early 80s. You remember those movies. Good or bad, you remember the movie that won Best Picture. I can guarantee you, even the most, I guess, keen movie aficionados, such as myself, can't even, can't even come up with the last five years. But John Fiore was in a movie called CODA. Uh, CODA is an acronym for Children of Deaf Adults. And it won Best Picture this year. So John Fiore's in that. 
And then uh, right after you know he won that award, then of course he's got this big big premiere with the movie that I'm in it w- with him, <laughs> so I could share that role that that title right there. Hey, I'm with the Oscar winner to some degree, not really, but nonetheless he was in The Sopranos and I'm associated. That's my wor- wor- world so far. And uh, they talked yesterday about the premiere tomorrow or tonight rather in Pulaski, and then from there uh, they're going. It's the challenge to get it distributed, but it looks like they're getting a lot of help. And uh, hopefully by, by October, by Halloween time, it could be on platforms such as Netflix so everyone can see it. it it's, you know, in, until you actually speak to people that actually do this stuff, that is, you know, make a movie, get the money to bring in guys like Gian Fury and Glenn Curry, <clears throat> uh, and then produce it and then distribute it, it just goes to show it's very, very difficult to get these movies off the ground. And a lot of movies never do. And you used to hear a straight-to-video tape. A lot of times, movies don't make it to that. They don't even make it to, like, uh, Netflix or any type of movie platform. Say what you want about the old days. VHS is dead. DVDs are dead. Now the challenge is, obviously, to get distributed to movie theaters, but that's not as important anymore. Uh, the big thing is to get to those platforms. Uh, Paramount, uh, NBC, Apple, uh, they're out there. There's so many of them, and which is why the Academy is now choosing uh, Best Pictures, uh, from uh, movie releases that weren't necessarily distributed in the theaters. It's weird. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like the fact that, uh, you know, for instance, The Irishman was a movie that was shown on HBO. I think it was HBO. or Net- I think maybe it was Netflix. Uh, to me, in order to, so, to, be, to qualify for any of the Academy Awards, it's something you all have to see together as a, as a collective experience in a big, dark room, otherwise known as a theater. But times have changed, like everything else. So tonight's the premiere, and hopefully everyone can see it come uh, October. All right, so uh, someone was texting me. Let's see what it's all about. What's it all about, Alfie? Do, 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 do. Uh, we're gonna get, here's the thing. Last night, I went over to the Italian-American Club. Italian-Americans. And uh, uh, Mario Frado was there. We had a good uh, conversation. I said, hey, give me a call on Monday. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, he's already called already. I've got to do the equal time thing. And then I'm probably going to get a call from Spencer, who is the assistant to uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Sure enough, I got a, call, I got a text uh, moments before today's show uh, that Claudia will be uh, reaching out to us on Monday at 5.15. So that should be interesting. Uh, the day before the big uh, Republican uh, primary on Tuesday, uh, oh, you know what? I just thought of something. I'm gonna have to tell. I'm gonna have to text both of them back. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna say Spencer, and I'm gonna mention it here on the show. Unfortunately, and I can't believe this. I'm actually saying this out loud as I'm sending it. I can't do Monday because, and I'm saying this out loud, folks. Because if I could type and talk at the same time, I'm having. Uh, how do you spell colonoscopy? A colonoscopy. Oscopy. I just forgot. Forgot. And so, I'm very sorry. All right. And now I'm going to add something else. How about Tuesday? <laughs> no, I can't do that. Um, jeepers, creepers. So there you have it. Now, I can make an attempt to come in here on Monday. I don't think you're going to want to hear me on Monday. I'm going to sound like the guy running for senator in Pennsylvania, and I don't mean to put the man down, but it's a real embarrassment what's going on there. Uh, so anyway, I, li- I said, no worries. I hope it goes well. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I, I want to, yeah, I'm going to send him a joke. I want to, <laughs> this is funny, get it all behind me. Okay, just, just, uh, oh, oh, here's, oh, can we do primary day? Yes, 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 yes. The answer is yes to Tuesday. 
Sorry for, for, for talking on, on my text and speaking to you at the same time, but in essence, I'm killing two birds with one stone. You heard him. He's asking for Tuesday, and uh, we will be speaking with Claudia on Tuesday. I'll have to send a note out, of course, to our friend uh, Mario Frado as well. Uh, okay, new car advertising on TV. You can't buy a new car off the lot. You have to order. Why is someone sending this to me? Hmm. Uh, Five fifteen again. Yes, Spencer. Yes, and then someone sends something else to me, which doesn't make any sense. Anyway, all right. So, um, I just just dabbling in, of course, you know what's going on in this whole midterm thing. Uh, I'm learning a lot, and and I think we all do when we when we hear all the pundits on Republican radio, or we watch Tucker Carlson, or a little bit of Fox here and there. Uh, the, the the big outrage, of course, just in recent days, uh, is is. Uh, is this whole race that's going on between the, the, the big, big senatorial races in Pennsylvania and in Georgia. Uh, we, we just had a special election in Georgia. Uh, the, the guy went from a becoming, a, or rather being, I, I think, uh, a, rep- a representative to a senator. His last name is Warlock. He's got a commanding lead over former football player Herschel Walker. And then the other one is this guy, and his name is a long name. Let me find it here. Uh, it's it's very strange what's going on in Pennsylvania. I thought they Fetterman is his name. He's the actual uh, he he is not the governor. He's the lieutenant governor, and he had a stroke this past May. And he's a big dude. And, and when you look at him, you swear uh, that he looks like a character out of one of those X Men movies or something. He looks like a superhero villain. And I, I didn't know much about him until I heard that you know he w- was running for a senator. Uh, this is replacing a, a retiring, a re- I, I, hopefully someone can help me out, a retiring se- uh, Republican senator. So this is a big, big seat that the, the Republicans need. And yet this guy, Fetterman, who's like six foot three, 260 pounds at least, uh, he, he had a stroke and they didn't think he was going to survive. Strokes are bad. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, it, to, to actually rebound at his size and then continue to the race is in itself a, 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 is, is a bit odd. I mean, sometimes you have to think for yourself because, you know, look at all the stress. Look at all what you have to do to campaign. Now, granted, you're not going outside the state of Pennsylvania, but you still have to be on your toes. You, you have to be out and about. In fact, Dr. Oz in one of the shows yesterday said, we don't, no, no one sees the guy. And yet when they do, when he shows, he shows himself, at, in, for instance, a couple of days ago, he did some type of rally. He showed up in sweatpants. Now, okay, I guess you give the guy a free pass because he just had a stroke for a couple months ago, but that's a little bit too casual for anyone running for Congress, for running for senator. That's crazy. But, you know, it, this guy has a nine-point lead. Other polls have him uh, more so than that. But he just stammered. I don't, I'm sure you saw it. Anyone that listens or, or w- watches uh, Fox or this station, listens to this station, would, would you know, you've been hearing those sound bites, and it doesn't sound good. Remember, Rudolph Giuliani... Uh, when he ran for senator back in 2000, he found out he had prostate cancer. And again, he was much younger at the time, uh, and he went through the chemo, and he, he just dropped out of the race. Now, were there other reasons at the time he was going through a nasty divorce? Whatever the deal was, I don't really know. It, it, it goes back 22 years. But he bowed out. And he said, well, this isn't the right thing to do. i got to think of myself. And then you got this guy who's way overweight. Uh, he looks like a villain in a, in a Thor movie. And uh, he's still running, and he one thing after the other, he said he's, he, he's going to stop the filibuster. He talked in pieces, and it's pretty obvious that this guy is not only ready to, to be senator of, of the United States, but he shouldn't be out of the House, and yet he's up by 10, 11 points or more. 
And it leads me to one thing. One, uh, you know, this whole thing about, you know, donating money from uh, here, there, everywhere, corporations. Uh, you know, the Democrats were all over it when the S- Supreme Court uh, passed that like 10 years ago. And that said, the Citizens uh, uh, Act. But that said, it works in their favor because this guy's getting money from the Rosie O'Donnells of the world. He's getting it from big corporations. And yes, the same can happen with the Republican side. But unfortunately, and I, and I really like Dr. Oz. I think he's a really smart guy. Uh, he hasn't aged since he's been on TV now for, what, over 20 years. He gave up his show. He could have kept that and remained a millionaire because you know those syndicated shows make a lot of money. Um, you know, uh, Judge Laura Judy, rather, she's like a billionaire from that show, believe it or not. She's so filthy rich. But he decides, you hey, know, I'm going to run for senator. And just like when Trump came down the escalator, every, you know, everyone loved Donald Trump. The View loved him. Joy Bahar loved him. Whoopi Goldberg couldn't get enough of him when he went on, his, on the show. Uh, but, boy, th- Dr. Oz was vilified from the word get-go when he threw in his hat for a senator for, uh, for his home state of Pennsylvania, although people argue that he's not actually from Pennsylvania. If you read some of the, uh, the comments on Facebook, you'll say, go back to Jersey where you belong, whatever. But it just goes to show, you know, when I grew up, growing up, you just you look at, guy, look at guys at, uh, like Patrick Moynihan. I use him as a perfect example. Uh, just a very educated man. He knew everything there was to know about everything. And if, if you were in the same room as he was, and this includes other senators, and you weren't up on, on, on the things, you would know it right away. So you had to be at your best, best game. You, you had to be at, at the best possible level. Uh, and why not? You're, you're a senator of the United States. And yet, uh, you get this guy, Fetterman, and, and again, he's, he's probably getting a pass because he's just not all with it. But just like I said about Giuliani bowing out in 2000, why does this guy leave? I said, no, they don't want him to because... At the end of the day, folks, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's someone who's, who's mentally uh, you know, uh, challenged because of his stroke just a couple of months ago. It has nothing to do with that. It has all to do with the fact that they don't want a guy like, like Dr. Oz, who was very popular with people in syndicated TV for many, many years, all of a sudden turning to the nefarious side. So that's why I, and I, I, I think I don't think it would have mattered. I think uh, the way it goes right now, it comes down to Hollywood and special interests and so forth and PACs. Uh, those are the people that are really behind uh, the thrust of all these of all these races. But the two big races, again, we're at 50-50 at this point, and the tie goes to Kamala Harris. So it's very important for each and every race. But it looks like we're going to lose Georgia big. Warlock, the wife beater, he's going to get in there. And uh, this guy, you could barely tell you what day of the week it, it is, looks like a, a villain from an X-Men movie. Uh, he's going to win as well. So it's a sad state of affairs. Now, that said, they talked to, uh, what's his face there? I'm forgetting, uh, Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. And he's like, well, we probably won't, you know, it's tough to win. Basically making no excuses, essentially saying that we're not going to win this uh, uh, midterm, this November in the Senate. Way to go, Mitch. You really, you really gave it your best effort. Others say, of course, we'll have to wait to 2024. God only knows where we'll be then. Let's go to the phone. Someone's been patiently waiting. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I just got a comment about the polling. You're saying the Republicans polling. Yeah. But you got to remember that Republicans always poll bad. The reason being is because of the silent majority. Right. And, uh, so I believe it's a lot closer race because a lot of people don't want to say their opinion to a pollster because... Uh, you know, they might be ostracized or, oh, you're a mega or whatever. So right. they, they, they don't uh, really poll very good. But the silent majority will close that gap. Um, that's what I'd be looking at. 
Well, do you think that might have happened in 2020 when, in essence, you know, when we saw all the rallies, you know, people rallying around Donald Trump by the tens and thousands, when we saw all the signs and billboards, do you think that opposite effect happened then when the silent majority, you know, outweighed in terms of votes on Election Day after midnight uh, from the Repu- from the yeah, Democratic but, side? You know, they, they came out, the majority came out and voted for Trump, but we uh, realized the Electoral College was only won by 200 and some thousand votes. Right, no, I know. In key states, yeah. You know what I mean? In key states, that's what pushed Joe Biden in. The popular vote don't matter. Well, it doesn't. So, but remember, it was it was a large margin, right. as much as I think nine or ten million votes. Uh, right. Which, well, if you, if yeah. you're down to two hundred thousand votes, and then you're you're calling they might have been some fraud. I mean, is it too hard to believe after what we've seen the FBI do yeah. when uh, the hoax? Is it too hard to believe that something might not have been up and up? Right. No, I agree. You know I mean? Yeah, the more we learn and the more we realize. Uh, but it, obviously it's too late. But yeah. and, and like I said the other day, the more you, 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 you approach it with like, oh, this is fraud, uh, they look at you and they say, oh, you see, you're one of them. Uh, let's uh, let's oh, audit yeah, that guy. <laughs> you can't criticize anybody. Uh, right. You'd be, uh, you know... Magnetized. Yeah, no, there's a or... there's a new word for it. It's so socratic. I forget. If there's a new word. I don't know if someone just created it, but it's like if if some if you don't agree with someone's belief, then you are this word. It starts with the letter S. Anybody out there know about it? It's a new word for the dictionary. The left has been using it in recent days. Text it to me if you can. I think it's schematic. I think that's the word. Uh, meaning yeah. that shut the hell up uh, because you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. And if you're on the side of Trump, that means you're the bad guy. It's as simple as that. Well, thank you for the call, yeah. my friend. You make a good point. Yeah, all right, thanks. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 it comes down to this. It, just like that gentleman just said, it comes down to, uh, uh, well, it, it comes down to the city of Philadelphia, really, in, in the state of in Pennsylvania, at least. And uh, who's operating uh, the polls and whatnot? And again, I, I, there I go again, and there you go again. But it's isn't it odd that a guy that just uh, is just talking out loud uh, and not making any sense whatsoever? I mean, he should be used to the public because he is the lieutenant governor there. It's not like it's it's not his first rodeo to be in front of people, but he looked very very awkward. So whether or not people will start to come to realize that this isn't the thing, or they continue to, to, to listen to left-wing, uh, oh, there's no such thing as left-wing radio, other than CBS News at the top and the bottom of this show. Uh, but nonetheless, they'll just, they'll just believe all the lies and continue to believe that this is a, a much better option than an intelligent guy uh, like Dr. Oz. The headline here, according to Fetterman on the New York Post, uh, he apparently lived, he sponged off his parents until he was 49 years old, but now attacks Dr. Oz's uh, wealth in a bitter uh, Pennsylvania Senate race. How can you t- attack a guy for being successful at both being a doctor and an entertainer like Dr. Oz? Crazy. Anyway, he looks like he's going to win, and he's going to win uh, handsomely, uh, which he's not, by the way, for the record. All right, let's do this. Let's do a break. Uh, you're listening to the Live at Five show with your so-called host, and we'll be back right after these messages. Roof people who call you back. Hey, welcome back. Uh, second half of today's show. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention also, we, we talked about Tuesday is the big day for the Pack the Trolley at Laura, uh, Laura D. Whitney's place, the State Farm office across from Kitty Drugs on Coffeen Street. Uh, uh, donate what you can. Money helps, too. We, they'll take the green stuff. Uh, so you know, it, it's actually less of a hassle to go to you know somewhere. Oh, what am I going to get for these guys? Let's throw the money, right? Just like Uncle George, you would give you know kids money on, on Christmas because he, he didn't have the time to buy nor the desire. You know, they, they like the money anyway. It grows on trees to them. They really love it. Forever and ever. 
Right, so you've been hearing about Alec Baldwin back on the news again. He said just yesterday or the day before that when the incident happened in, what, New Mexico, when he, he said, alleges he accidentally killed someone because someone forgot to tell him that he had a loaded pistol. Talk about a guy that's had no accountability whatsoever. Now, granted, I, if I was in his, excuse me, if I was in his shoes, I might feel the same way. You know, it comes, you, you, you are number one first. But uh, I'm not the typical radio guy where the number one comes first and everyone else comes last. And then he says, oh, no, I'm the great guy. No, you're not. Trust me. I know this business way too well. But nonetheless, and that extends, of course, to uh, other areas of Celebrityville, uh, obviously Hollywood. So what, what Alec Baldwin has been doing, in my opinion, has just been evading any type of accountability and then always, always bringing it back to himself. So recently he said he was fearful that after the incident that he would be shot by a Trump supporter. I'll say that again. Alec Baldwin, after, in his words, accidentally shooting someone and never pulling the trigger, mind you, and then the investigators later said he probably did, but he denies any culpability at all, according to this article I'm about to read to you. Uh, he also claims that he feared for his life because he thought a Donald Trump follower would, would find uh, that insulting enough uh, or whatever. I guess it all comes down to this. It's all about Alec. It's all about him. And, you know, he says, and I quote, I sincerely believe investigators are going to say that this was an accident. It's tragic, said Baldwin in a rare interview. Rare interview. He's been, he's been seen and interviewed all over the place about the episode, a portion of which was aired Friday. Baldwin told CNN he had replayed the events leading up to the shooting over and over for the past 10 months. It's been that long. While insisting he does not want to condemn Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the film sets armorer and prop assistant, as he mentioned her name, Baldwin pointed the finger of blame at her and assistant director Dave Halls, who handed him the gun moments before the shooting. He says in a quote, someone put a live bullet in the gun who should have known better, Baldwin said. Eh, kind of feel from there. Uh, that was, he continues, Gutierrez Reed's job. Her job was to look at the ammunition and put it in the dummy round or the blank round. I just can't believe that Hollywood can't come up with fake guns. They can create CGI of, of basically a, a woman giving birth, and somehow they can't create a fake gun. And there wasn't supposed to be any live rounds on the set. There were two people who didn't do what they were supposed to do, he said. And remember, he's the producer. I'm not sitting there saying I want them to, you know, go to prison or anything, but I want their lives to be hell. Or, or no, no, excuse me, or I don't want their lives to be hell. I don't want that at all, he says. But I want everyone to know. I want everyone here to know. To know that those are the two people that are responsible for what happened. Not only is this, is this guy's career pretty much over, but boy, he doesn't, st he doesn't stop. He just doesn't stop. All right, let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, is this the famous actor Glenn Curry? Most certainly is. And this, of course, is Donnie, the, the cinematographer. What's happening? So, hey, uh, congratulations on your uh, movie premiere tonight. Yeah. I hope everything goes well. And, hey, I got a question. You were just talking about the Alec Baldwin thing. So when you were on set, did you have a fake gun? Uh, you, when I did the Egan's thing? Or any of them. Uh, did you have a gun? You said you were FBI. So oh, no, yeah, no, no, I have. Oh, you mean that's it. Uh, no, it's funny because uh, we actually used fake toy guns when we did Egan murders, and I had to order them online. I couldn't buy them at a store. And, by the way, we did that in 2015. Uh, but they were fake guns. And, uh, in fact, they had an orange... Uh, uh, lips on the on the front of them where the where the bullet comes out just to show that they're fake guns to cops but since i shot it in black and white no one could see that so it was very convenient for us so in answer to your so question i use fake guns and they looked was, real 
with your expertise in uh, yes, my expertise, know, movie props you. in this area, because you're the only one I know yeah. that would have this That's kind pathetic, of expertise, but yes, exactly. is Alec Baldwin full of shit? Hey, would you stop with the language? Come on, you know better, I Donnie. I didn't mean that, actually. I didn't mean uh, no, that. Uh, no, he's not full of crap. He's just, <laughs> I think he's convinced himself in his mind again. Like, l- listen to the way he talks. He's been saying it for the last 10 months. Uh, he, he's just, you know, he's, he, he went it over in his 10 months. He's just pretty much convinced himself, Donnie, uh, that he didn't do this. Because, uh, you know, because here's a guy, he was good looking from the moment he came out of his, womb, his, his mother's womb. God bless him for that. All the Baldwin brothers. He did well from the get-go. He was a soap star. Uh, and when anyone ever came up to him and approached him with a camera or got in his face with a question about his lifestyle or his daughter... He just didn't want any of that because he felt bet he felt like he was bigger and better than anyone else. For a guy from Long Island, I think he's from Baldwin, New York, uh, Long Island. <coughs> Pardon the last name uh, similarity, but he's from Long Island, and that's a typical, typical Long Island trait. I'm better than you are. Get out of my way. And when this happened, the first thing that came to his mind was everything I worked for, everything I defended, all the stuff I made fun of, and now this. Without even thinking about the fact that there's a dying woman there, I thought I think to some degree he did he had some sympathy. But a guy like this can't look at it that way, Donnie. So and did another. You watch, did you watch the interview? Uh, I not this last one, but I saw the interview he did with uh, 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 what's Cosmo there, George Costopoulos. No, I, I the police interview. No, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. I, I watched the interrogation, and you're right. Like he was more wor- like it was. He, Acting, it was total acting. Yeah, and there's something fishy going on there. I mean, I just, I, think I, you, I just don't understand why they can't have done fake. on purpose. No, of course not. And I do have sympathy for the guy. He didn't mean to do this, but then you hear uh, that they were they were using the same gun a day or two before for target practice. Because again, when you're out on a on a set in a rustic area like you know a desert area like New Mexico doing a movie with Alec Baldwin. And and then you got live pistols where at one moment they can you could shoot a can off the top of a post and then use it for a movie the next moment. It's like it doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Why would anyone spit on their own floor? Sorry. Ah, uh, so it, and why Hollywood can't concoct fake guns, Donnie, is beyond me. I mean, you know and, what they're really good at faking? Yeah, uh, the, the moon, the, lo- the lunar man l- landing uh, in yeah, yeah, the, yeah never they're, they're good at faking. Uh, and you know what one Donnie over you, you, you know Donnie Donnie of course was controversial figure right Donnie you were somewhat controversial when you came on the airwaves of the hotline show before I got here right you know just kind oh, of pushing the envelope oh my goodness I'll be honest with you um, I was pretty much banned but I wouldn't stop calling in you anyway yeah and you were just as annoying but nonetheless I came back I came in and then I said hey Donnie did you ever see the movie Capricorn 1 and you said yeah. you said no I never yeah. heard of it and then you saw right. it. I never seen it before until you mentioned it. And then you must have saw it on YouTube or something for a dollar ninety nine. I went, yes, I uh, went and looked it up, and I tell you what, yeah, that movie yeah. should not be in the fiction section. That movie has. <laughs> that's me being a horse, like Wilbur. That, yeah, that's that, me that yelling movie at Mark. There's a lot of truth in plain sight, masked yeah. in fiction. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, it's just, uh, I, I saw it once, and I thought of you, and I'm so glad, because at the end of the day, I really think that helped things out as far as, you know, our relationship with uh, Flat Earth Donnie, because it, that was the movie that changed it all, 
And, and, and just to let everyone know, Capricorn One was a movie. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't the moon, mind you, but it was a fake landing on on Mars. But they uh, Holly, they created NASA used Hollywood and effects uh, to say, oh no, we we're landing on Mars. Where in fact they were in a, they were in a warehouse somewhere in Texas. And at the end, uh, they all run out of the warehouse like it's like Big Brother or something. And like it's me, it's me, it's Leo Sayer. I came out to get a, a, a clean a set of underwear. I don't want to be in Big Brother anymore. You know, remember that show Big Brother? It's still on the air. Yep. They had a cele- it start all those shows started in Britain because the British people they just can't come up with you know anything other than reality shows apparently. And they came up with Big Brother. They have their own version of it in Britain. And the singer Leo Sayer, uh, who's when <clears throat> when I need you, sorry, uh, on other songs, he was in uh, Big Brother, and he wanted out. So it was like the Truman Show with Jim Carrey. He had to find the door <laughs> to get out or out of the set. And sure enough, he you know they're following him. He's on the set, and it's no different than the American set. And he's in some big living room with a lot of pillows and lights and half-naked women. And he says, "No, I don't want to do this anymore." He says, "Why not? Because I want to get my underwear clean. I don't. I'm not going to continue this if I can go out." He acted like uh, like Rain Man and uh, like like Dustin Hoffman. But anyway, it reminded me because when he got out of the building, he was like in like a cornfield or something. And that's how Capricorn One ended because they got out of that big warehouse. So anyway, I'm glad I brought I that up. You need to do some more research because you're on the edge of like becoming a full flat earther, Glenn. Uh, not really, but I will do oh, yeah, yeah. Re- research. I do know this, that Shaquille O'Neal is a flat earther. Did you know that? Yeah, Sha- dude, yeah. He, he, he did. He'd come on the podcast and came out and talked about it. I believe it's flat. And, uh, mm. Yeah, because it, it's true. It's just, just something they don't want us to know. Yeah. Because then they would have to account for all their lies and all the money they spent on faking stuff. There you go. Well, I mean, you know, a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, he's, well, I, and again, you know, you can't say anything bad about it, Shaquille O'Neal. He never beat up a woman. He didn't attack a woman he's, in a bathroom. He's actually a billionaire. He owns a lot of Oh, no, he does. You know what? Uh, he, he was going to be the spokesperson for Star... Was it, was it Shaquille O'Neal? I think it was Shaquille O'Neal was offered the... Uh, uh, someone came up to him, do you want to be the spokesperson for, for Starbucks? And Shaquille O'Neal said, black people don't drink coffee. So he turned it down, <laughs> and Kobe Bryant took it and made millions. Of course, tragically, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter accident. But he, he, he talked about that in an interview. But nonetheless, he's done other endorsements. Yes, he's very wealthy. I love, I love, the, uh, I love the bit that I see, you know, because what's his face? Uh, what's his name? Jeepers Creepers. Uh, the guy that talks like this on the other side of the panel, he, he was with the Phoenix Suns. He said, Charles Barkley would pick on Shaquille oh, yeah. O'Neal. And Shaquille O'Neal said something about fighting and basketball. And they cut over to Charles Barkley. He says, well, first of all, you're a horrible fighter. <laughs> and, and the look on, on Shaquille O'Neal's face, like he wanted to reach over and beat the crap out of him. And then another time, uh, B- Barkley called him. Uh, someone said, yeah, someone said you look like someone. And, and someone said, what? Who? And then Barkley says, Shrek. And then everyone starts laughing, including the people in the studio. And the look on Shaquille O'Neal's face. Boy, you don't want to get that guy pissed off. But anyway, you're in good company there, uh, Donnie, amongst other people. Any other celebrities that are flat earthers that you want to throw out there? Just for t- old time's sake, Tom? Um, let's oh. see. Uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, he debates a lot of flat earthers. No, and uh, he's Eddie Bravo, hundreds of million dollars. he's a MMA wrestler. I don't know if you know who Eddie Bravo is. Not at all. Not at all. 
Not at all. No, well, I'm trying, like Shaq is pretty much one of the biggest celebrities Literally. that I know about it. Right, right. There are Ky- Kyrie Irving. Yeah, oh, Greg, Kyrie yeah. Irving is a flat earther. Yeah, he's dealing with a full deck. Yeah, there's a guy on your um, side. And then B.O.B. the rapper, you know, B.O.B. the rapper, he's a flat earther. There you go. Well, Donnie, listen, tomorrow is the big day. Donnie's going to be the second cameraman right at uh, ringside. I got two cameras for you, Donnie. So I'll meet you down two there. Of them? Nice. I got two of them because we barely got we one. Make sure we have enough battery power right, to right. keep it so going. I got, and these cameras are better, but they're a little bit different. So I'll 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 instruct you how to use them. And then this time, you're not going to get as much head headroom as you did last time. You did a great job. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to need you to tilt it a little bit more towards the towards the mat and not the lights. Yeah, I know. Difference. That was one of the things that I know I could work better on is getting the lighting. Right. Out no, but you did a great job out of the gate. You did a great job. And it's funny because right. if if you're not video, if if I'm not showing your video, I'm actually showing where you are too from my vantage point. So you're in it and you're not. It's kind of funny. And I'm up in the rafters up there. So that's tomorrow. MMA. If anyone wants tickets, their tickets are available. Uh, uh, go online and find them. Ticketleap.com. Donnie, thanks. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, no problem. All right. So that's Donnie. So we talked earlier that I'm not going to be here on Monday. I can't believe that. I, I was saying yes to everyone about Monday, Monday this, Monday that. And, I, and it's just one of those things. I had, the last colonoscopy I ever had was 13 years ago, 2010. And they say you should start doing them in your mid to late 40s uh, and to see if there's anything wrong down there. And uh, I'm going to get that. And the what is the other one called? Endoscopy? Inevitably, everyone says, don't use the same probe you're using down there when you're doing the endo, please. <laughs> Courage. Courage. <laughs> uh, anyone want to chime in? It's a Friday. I got to get out of here real quick after the show. Pick up the, the bride and go head down to a Pulaski guy. I'm in the first 10 minutes of the, sh- of the movie. I hope I'm not going to get depressed and sit there for the rest of the movie thinking, God, I could have done better. Because I'm in it, in, in, in and out. I, I don't want to act like radio people and just, you know, kind of, you know, start off, introduce someone in the band and just walk away. I don't want to do that. But if I'm really depressed, like, oh, my God, that was a horrible performance. This is the first for me. You know, everyone wants to be the, uh, the uh, starting first baseman or the center field of the New York Yankees, except these days, because they really suck. And I have no faith in this team going forward. And for the first time, I really think that uh, Cashman screwed up. The people he got, you know, all of a sudden Gallo's hitting the ball. Montgomery's like been uh, on fire in St. Louis. Montgomery actually beat the Yankees a week after they traded him. It's just it's humiliating. And if they if they don't score on the on the home run, they don't score at all. It was great to see what Donaldson, by the way, did the other night by winning the, in the ninth inning or the tenth inning. Uh, but, uh, boy, last night, uh, uh, Toronto, Baltimore, they might not have enough time to beat the Yankees uh, to, to win the division. But I don't think the Yankees deserve to win the division. If they go 500 from this point going forward, they might even lose the division because these kids, these guys on these other teams are so good, they might outrun the Yankees. This could be the most humiliating season of all time. And for months, we were thinking this is a repeat of 1998. And now it's like the, those days are go over. And yet they're still in first place. You can't look at it that way. Oh, we're still in first place. You don't want to. You don't want to stumble into September and then continue to lose. You don't deserve to be there to begin with. Your best ball should be played after the All Star break, not before. So this could be a really, really hum- humiliating end 
where even if they go into the round without having to play that one round, uh, one game playoff, uh, they'll play a best of five and maybe get swept by somebody. I don't know who the hell it's going to be, but it could be someone even from the from the Midwest to do it. Who knows? Uh, 755-1240 is the number. Give us a shout. 315-755-1240 is the number. Or they, you know what? If they're not going to get the best record, they might play uh, the best uh, of the uh, wild card teams. Well, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's not looking good at this point. No confidence. You know, you, you watch the Yankees for so long, and you're just like, you, you feel so confident they're going to win the game, and now you almost expect them to get their ass kicked right in the first three innings. That's what's happening, and they don't come back. Hi, you're in the air. How you doing, Glenn? What's happening? Oh, I hope everything's good with you. I haven't talked to you and heard anything from me for a while. But yeah. The Yankees. Yeah. After the Superstar game, yeah. they always go downhill. Well, not always. It's always the pitching staff. Right. Pitching, pitching, pitching. So, but you know what, though? I got to interrupt you there. It's not pitching. It's not. I mean, last night they gave up five runs early, but they're not hitting. You got you to gotta hit. Pitching's fine. They have no hitting right now. No yeah, one wants to hit. you're getting pitchers that are good on the other team. Well, of course. All right, <laughs> but, but the other guys are not all that great. It's just like you could tell that they're swinging poorly. They're popping up on the first pitch. You know, this team is built for a very small Yankee stadium, particularly in the right right field porch. And when things don't go right as far as home runs are concerned, uh, then then they don't know how to play small ball. And you know what? Yeah, Quite frankly, I, if they can't play they, small ball, they, they don't, don't deserve to go to playoffs. Staff that they need. I disagree with you there. I know they're pitching, especially their their, their bullpen is falling apart. If you, Yes, I'll agree with you there. Their, their pitching has been horrible. Always well, has been. Well, tell me I how. Love the, I love the Yankees. They're yeah. my team. They're yeah. my only New York sport team I love. Yeah. But they just, the pitching staff is horrible. Hmm. It always has been. Right. You've had batters and New York Yankee history. You can have all the batting you want, but if you got a pitcher, it's just, you don't have that. Well, okay. I'll, I'll say also. That drives me nuts. It does. But remember, when you got a guy like Aaron Hicks. Who's gone five for a hundred? Uh, you know, literally. I mean, his numbers in the last, you know, since the All Star break are abysmal, and he's still starting. Now, granted, there are some uh, injured players out there, including Stanton and others, but uh, uh, he he is a big, big problem in the lineup, and he shouldn't be there. No, but, but there's a guy that I worked with. His son LeCastro. Yeah. His uh, nephew. Oh wow! I didn't know that. That's cool. He he played for the Yankees. And he just came back up again here like a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's cool. Playing for the Yankees. But if they don't have pitching, you're not going to win. You can, have, you can have all the bats in the world you want, but if you go against another team that's got a good, great pitching staff, yeah, you're going to lose. <laughs> I agree. You can, you, can, you can have all the batters in the world you want. Which they don't. Which they don't. Against, but... And they don't. No, I know. But why don't they correct that problem? Uh, that's a good question. Well, let me ask you this, and then i got to do a break. Let me ask you this. Why won't a guy where who's been dying uh, in so many ways by the shift, why won't a batter actually say, I'm going to hit to the opposite direction? I'm going to work with my batting coach. I'm going to learn how to bunt. I'm going to learn how to slap the ball the opposite way. Why is it a, a Major League Baseball player can't make that change when they're batting 212 in the lineup? Ask yourself yeah, that. But- but, but my thing is, they always want to go full 
Right. Seeds this is my. This is how I bat. Exactly. And now the league is changing and, and the rules. And it doesn't always work. I know. You got to be able to adjust. Uh, exactly. Because if somehow or other you can't, if you break your arm and you can't use your shift to get back and forth to work, you're just going to have to use your other arm. And I think the same can be applied in all things, including exactly. uh, this, th that area. Thank you very much, my yeah. friend. Ho uh, give me a shout in a couple weeks. See where the Yankees are, okay? All right, good. Thanks. Got to do a break. We'll do this right now. We'll be back with more of the show after this. Too long, liberals and U.S. restaurants. Uh, welcome back to the show. Somebody said I almost hit them on Water Street today. And I, I wasn't even near Water Street today. There must be someone else in my car. And then someone just uh, uh, making a comment about, uh, uh, sorry if I almost hit you somewhere, but it wa I wasn't near Water Street today. I was, uh, I was on the other side of the uh, city for a minute. But, uh, another friend of mine said, uh, the announcer for Claudia Tenney commercial almost reminds me of a caricature of some famous uh, guy that used to narrate the crime shows on A&E. Um, was that At Attleberry or what's, what's the British guy? And then someone else said, uh, other teams' batters are under pressure. If you score runs, your pitching is better because the other team's batters are on edge. Okay. Don't quite understand that. Maybe I got that out of context. But the uh, Yankees are struggling. No doubt about it. Not to, not to slip into my, my, my Mike Francesa voice. Uh, last night, I um, was watching the Yankee games. It was tough to watch. But uh, Michael K. talked about the very first broadcast for Yes. Yes Network has been on now for 20 years. And the first broadcast they did was an, uh, uh, a preseason game in Tampa. It's amazing because he says, look it up, see how nervous I was. And he and uh, Jim Cott were doing uh, the pregame. And he was a much younger guy, not mind you. Uh, but uh, at, at the same time, it, you know, it was, he was very new to, uh, to the Yes Network because it had just started. And he just came out of radio. So he said, hey, look up my first uh, segment on the Yes Network on YouTube. And sure enough, I did. And I was shocked. That, you know, obviously everyone looked younger, although Jim Cott didn't look much younger. Uh, but uh, the graphics look no different than they look today. It's just fascinating how, you know, we've gone so far, and yet at the end of the day, we really haven't. Uh, so I'm, you know, being in the business, the business, you know, uh, where we went from chirons to graphics to animation and so forth, uh, that really, that, that ball game hasn't, hasn't really changed in the last 20 years. Dimensions have, proportions and you notice that a lot when you look at old video, not even even from less than 15 years ago, when they changed the formats when they went officially to digital, from the three fourths to what we have now, the wider screens. Such a huge difference, a dynamic difference. And you notice that when you see the early episodes of Family Guy, uh, a lot of shows had that format back in you know the, the three fourths format from what we grew up with. Uh, if you look at an old TV set, the proportions were different, and therefore the ratio was different with all the shows that were pr that were produced. Uh, but not that that aside, everything else looked pretty much the same. Logo looks the same. The animation in the beginning, down, down, down. The old facade. Um, so 20 years ago, uh, the S Network started. Seven. Oh, there's no time left. Typically, Jeff will say, oh, if, "If someone wants to squeeze in a call," but uh, that is true about the uh, the voiceover guy. For all these candidates, they all are Claudia Tunney, I raised the Marine. Mario Frado is not the man you want. You want you want someone with pizzazz, someone who's gonna put put everyone in their place. Actually, uh, uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney 
is got what they call a tele-rally with uh, former President Donald Trump. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be uh, at 6 o'clock. So uh, Trump supports uh, Claudia Tenney, and that will be interesting to see. I don't know how he's going to do it. They're going to do it over the phone. That's kind of weird. But nonetheless, I, that's the way you got to do it because Trump is endorsing so many people that he just doesn't have enough time to be in the same room with them. So this is a new way to reach out to voters. So uh, Election Day is coming Tuesday. And bear in mind, like I mentioned earlier, i got to get things. i got to do my colonoscopy on, on Monday. I forgot all about it. I will not be doing the show on Monday. Uh, wish me luck. And then, of course, I'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, have a great weekend. Wish me luck tonight in the premiere when I see myself on the big screen in Pulaski. I am 1240 WE10 and Watertown makes us legal. Up next, CBS News, and we'll see you on Tuesday. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. In Michigan, a judge ruled they can enforce the state's 1931 ban on abortion. Subjecting providers to criminal penalty for medical care that was available, not to mention safe, as the testimony suggested, safer than pregnancy itself, without any justification from the state for doing so, simply does not pass constitutional muster under our state's constitution.